This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive workplace, and jump-starting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. People talk is where we talk about all things related to work, career, balancing life, and other challenges, and thank you for joining me. And I've been off for about uh, three weeks. During the interim, I have been um, catching up at the end of a busy semester and teaching um, a two-week intensive course for um, underrepresented undergraduates to get them excited to grad school. But now I'm back in the saddle and glad that you're back listening to me. This episode of People Talk, I'm going to talk about something near and dear to my heart. It is about hair. And as a Black woman, um, well, I think all people, right, uh, most people, um, particularly women, you know, our hair is very important to us, but hair is very important to men too. Think about all the, the commercials you see about men who are losing their hair, how many, how much would men themselves pay for um, hair products and things like that. So overall, people really look at their hair as a sense of their, like, you know, their um, identity, their vitality, their health, their youth. Um, and so I look at myself as a person of color and over only in the last three or so years have I started wearing um, hairstyles which people would consider to be um, Afrocentric. Before then, I would always straighten my hair. I would always um, wear weaves. And if you don't know what a weave is, I, I don't know where you know, you've been living for the past like a, a couple of decades, but um, typically when African-American women do weaves, um, we um, get our hair braided into cornrows and then there is human hair that are on strips called wefts and those are sewn into our, our, our into the cornrows. And so you can wear those for about two months and wear them like your own hair. But I would wear those types of styles that were more Eurocentric. Um, I was um, afraid that I would be judged by um, the texture of my hair if I did not straighten my hair. And it also had some health consequences for me because um, constantly straightening your hair has been linked um, the dot, the, um, the, the um, chemicals in um, relaxers, whether it's um, lie or no lie, have been have been uh, linked to, uh, in some studies, to uh, fibroids in um, African-American women. And um, that may explain some of the increased uh, fibroids in African-American women, oftentimes leading to things like anemia or the necessity to have a hysterectomy or things like that. But so, you know, there's some health consequences straightening your hair. And weaves, you know, they can have their drawbacks too. They're fun and things like that. But if they're not installed right, they can cause hair loss called traction, alopecia. And so, and also they're very expensive. 
Uh, human hair is very expensive. Someone had to grow that hair and hair doesn't grow quickly. And you have to buy the hair, you have to get it installed and you have to maintain it. But um, after I became tenured a few years ago, I started thinking, you know what? I don't care. You know, this is the hair that grows out of my head. I, I am not going to be ashamed of it. So I started wearing things like braids and sometimes I would wear like um, afros. I'm not really good. I'm just kind of sporting an afro, kind of a short afro now. It, it can be fun for a while, but that, but it gets kind of old with the maintenance because that, that's not a maintenance-free hairstyle. Um, don't, don't let anybody trick you into thinking that. But I feel more confident about my, um, about my hair, about what I look like in the sense that, you know, I don't, I, 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 I'm not the 20 something year old Angela anymore. I'm the 50 something year old Angela. And what I've uh, lost in beauty, I've gained in knowledge, right? And to think about, will I be judged if I wear my hair in a certain type of way? And there have been some studies that have found that um, there's one that's recently, one of the co-authors is um, 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 Ashley um, Rosette. And she found um, that um, there was discrimination against um, African-American women who wore, um, who wore um, more Afrocentric hairstyles. Um, however, there have been some other studies that have been done which have found that the discrimination against uh, uh, African-American women who are wearing their hair in um, Afrocentric hairstyles, they really experience more discrimination actually from um, other African-Americans who, who think that, well, they're not looking professional, we were always told that we have to wear a hair in your centric sense uh, um, hairstyle, and that um, the and 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 the censor that they may they may get, or like the social, you know, like the looks or the the snidey the the the, the snide comments more so come from people who are African American who feel that that's not an appropriate way for people to be in the workplace. Um, so I think this is an area that needs more studies and I think there could be some other aspects that are going on especially because you see two studies that have kind of like differing results um, that on it but the notion is at least anecdotally and what we're told is that um, African-American women are oftentimes afraid to wear their natural hair in the workplace um, that if they do um, they may wear like it only sometimes like on an interview like you have straight hair or you, or you have a wig or a weave. And then um, once you get the job and you're secure, then you start maybe wearing your natural hair. I've been actually doing a study thus far on African-American women, uh, African-American women's um, feelings about wearing their hair in the workplace. And my preliminary study from my focus groups has found that the African-American women were saying they really don't feel a lot of discrimination related to their hair, but that they may feel that, but that, but I think that was something interesting about the, the sample that I've uh, spoken to thus far. Those subjects in, in the study uh, mostly work in the government, 
and I haven't talked to really like private sector folks yet. And I'm wondering if whether I'm going to see a difference in private sector, especially like if you're at like a Fortune 500 company or some like, uh, you know, Wall Street bank or something like that, some type of investment firm, whether there are more uh, pressures on there rather than, than on being um, in um, a governmental or maybe an educational setting. Um, I look at MSU where I teach Michigan State University. And what I see is I see a lot of people wearing their natural hair. Matter of fact, I would say among the faculty, I see more natural hairstyles than I see um, like people wearing wigs or weaves or straightening their hair or doing things like that. But I know that as an um, African-American woman, I have a, uh, a sense of vulnerability when I go out with my natural hair. I oftentimes say to my husband, oh, does my hair look okay? Do you think people are gonna judge me? And he actually thought that I would face like some backlash with it, my hair. I don't think I've actually felt that, um, at least not directly. I don't have any experience of anyone saying anything negative or anything like that. The, with the exception of, I have to say that when I did wear my natural hair, that I did have coworkers who did want to touch my hair, who wanted to touch my braids, uh, who wanted to touch my natural hair. And I didn't know how to take that. Um, I took it in a, like, in a, I wasn't offended because, you know, I had a good relationship with them and they were kind of like curious, but I can't say that every um, African-American woman would have the same response. And, you know, my body is not a curiosity and things like that, especially when there's been a history historically of um, people of color being used as curiosities and things like that. Um, all you have to do is look back uh, not too long ago to even like the circuses when they would have like the wild person of this country and that would be like a, like a sideshow exhibit, right? But, you know, our appearance, you know, Black women don't have, uh, haven't cornered the market when it comes to appearance, right? Or appearance issues. Um, how about people who, um, modify their bodies in such like in, in, in the sense of piercings or how about um, tattoos? So um, I am a Gen X person, right? Um, I, I was born in the 70s and I felt like in my generation, everyone I knew growing up had a tattoo, was member, either a, a gang member, a biker, or, or like out of prison or like a sailor. I didn't know anybody who um, I thought had like traditional jobs who were, um, who um, had tattoos. Now you see everyone have tattoos. I would probably hazard a guess that more of my students have tattoos than don't have tattoos. And so, you know, when I look at them, I have to tell myself that it's not the same, doesn't mean the same thing from um, my generation. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if my kid didn't grow up and have a tattoo and there's no judgment there. But it makes me think about the notion of when you have, like right now, millennials are the biggest population in the workforce, but also millennials, um, you know, are more likely to have tattoos and have other types of body modifications. But like people who are in uh, middle and senior management oftentimes are the gener gener generation X people 
or even like the last dying remnants of the baby boomers, right? And so what do they do? Do we judge someone because of how they look? Um, historically, courts have not offered a lot of protection to people for things like hairstyles and um, tattoos, piercings. Maybe if some of these could be related back to some religious type of beliefs, then you may have some type of uh, a little bit more protection. But historically, courts have not been um, very uh, protective of that. Um, but recently, there have been um, um, states have been passing crown acts where our which are protection um, really designed for um, African Americans to pre, uh, have some uh, protection for um, you know wearing hair in an Afrocentric uh, hairstyle. Um, an interesting case about body modification um, was um, in the last few years involving someone at, um, I believe worked at Costco. And he um, had um, a piercing on his face. And what happened is that um, they said he had to take it out, piercings weren't allowed. And so he said that it was a part of his religious beliefs. And they said, what religion? And he said, the church of body modification. And people were like, what's that? So it turns out there is a church of body modification. And I, if you read the opinion of the court, it doesn't seem like the court really felt like, like, like this was really one of this, this person's true belief that was, it was related to religious. Like maybe he joined this organization um, more so to say that, um, to get some protection for his piercing than uh, a closely held religious belief, which is typically the standard. So um, he lost that case. Um, we have seen cases involving uh, African-American men about not wanting to shave because shaving for African-American men is often very painful. It can cause uh, razor bumps and, and a lot of infections in the face. And I just don't mean less like a little infection, like major infections, because African-American hair has a tendency to be coarse. It curls back on each other. And when they cut it, it grows, it becomes ingrown. And, but the courts have not been um, very sympathetic to uh, people who want to uh, not shave if the organization has a requirement that people be clean shaven. So, but what does all this tell us? You have all of these um, millennials in the workplace. You're gonna have Generation Z, which is my daughter's generation coming in. They have different ideas. They have an idea that, you know, um, you know, they would like people to be, to express themselves that your uh, piercing doesn't offend me any type of way, your hairstyle, what you put on your head does not offend me. So you're gonna see changing um, um, uh, social norms in the workplace. And I think it's up to management to be uh, aware of those social norms about how people um, present themselves, um, especially as a part of their identity whether racial, religious, artistic type of identity. And if you want to have um, an inclusive workplace, you know, you want to have uh, standards of professionalism, but you also want to have the latitude so that um, 
people feel that they can be um, their authentic selves at work. So with that, I'm going to end this episode of People Talk. Please um, join me next week. Um, episodes drop on Thursdays. And if you have any questions, comments, follow up. If you want to be a guest on People Talk, um, send me an email at athall at msu.edu. That's athall at msu.edu. Thanks again. And um, hope that you join me uh, next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. And remember to subscribe to our show. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.